Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you are already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts, interviews, <laughs> interviews. I don't be doing them no more, y'all. <laughs> podcast every Tuesday. If you hear a dog barking in the background, if you if you hear this delicious fan in the back it is cold in my house so that's what you hear i might turn it off let me go ahead and turn it off for y'all but yeah so boom y'all are not going to get this episode this tuesday actually y'all gonna get it tomorrow which is wednesday because i actually messed up the audio to the last podcast i I messed it up it was supposed to be out i don't i'm not gonna have it out and as you can see, once again, y'all are without visuals. I'm trying to get back to the visuals. Y'all just be patient. A lot of stuff going on. Just moved. Um, but yeah, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? So um, we got a lot of topics going on today. Oh, yeah, HR Heather, she usually are is with me. But yeah, she at work and I messed up the audio with her on it that we went over these same topics. So it's solo dolo today, just your girl Crowder. Um, a lot of stuff went on actually this past week and today. I'm, I think that it was a blessing in disguise that the audio messed up because now I can talk about this Floyd Mayweather situation. Um, just this past weekend, because this story just came out like today when I woke up at 12 o'clock, boom, it was there. Um, Floyd Mayweather has been making quite a few public appearances as of late. And over the weekend, he decided to enjoy himself in Los Angeles at a Clippers game. They did. They took over Memphis Grizzlies at the Staples Center. Mayweather has been seen courtside at numerous Clippers and Laker games in the past. And whenever he does, he always greeted by eager fans who either want a picture or a simple autograph. While Mayweather is always surrounded by security, there are times where he will take a few moments to pose with fans and make their day. This past Saturday, however, Mayweather rejected one fan in a pretty brutal fashion for a fairly ridiculous reason. In a video reposted by TMZ, from the Relaxed Turtle YouTube channel, Mayweather could be seen refusing a photo op with a fan because the teenager had painted nails. You got painted nails? I don't take pictures with guys with no painted nails, stated matter-of-factly before his security got in the face of the fan. And I actually have that audio right here. I'm going to go ahead and play it for you guys. Hold up. Oop. Nope. Up. Oh, here we go right here. Here we go. You guys saw that first, bro. Floyd doesn't want to take a photo of me because my nails are painted. Bro, really? I didn't mean to rush him like that. Uh, well, that's a clip, you guys. Honestly, I'm usually against a lot of the things that the LBGTQ community posts up as homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, all of those phobias that 
oh, I think it's ridiculous, you know. But this one, I'm riding with y'all because this was pure, like, stupidity on Floyd Mayweather part. Now, I can say this one thing before I get deeply, deeply, deeply into the topic is that at the end of the day, these celebrities are just people. They have the right to reject or not or uh, not take a picture or a sign of photo or sign your shoes or whatever. They have that right as a human being, damn them being a celebrity. They just got that right as a human being. So we can't really get mad at him not taking a photo. But I'm more so mad at the reason why. His team tried to go back and, you know, clean it up like they how they always do because at this time the LBGTQ community is a community to be feared as a celebrity. They have canceled a lot of people. We ain't been hearing from a lot of people because, you know, that community has canceled them. I mean, the the baby just went through this whole dilemma, and honestly, I ain't heard nothing from him since since that whole debacle. So, yeah, they, they're, they're pretty strong in their force. But I'm just mad at the fact that that's the reason why he didn't take the picture with him was because he had it painted nails. Now, this guy is clearly – um, from this clip I'm looking at, he's not flamboyant. He has on, you know, a Clippers jersey. He looks like he's just there to enjoy the game. And this is Los Angeles versus Memphis. So they're clearly uh, – California is a pretty weird place on its own already. And we know the climate of today's fashion. It's pretty metrosexual, you know, women dressing in men clothes, men presenting clothes – men dressing and women presenting clothes, um, just breaking the barriers of the fashion, um, of gender fashion, you know, boys going into girl stuff, girls going into boy stuff. So this can, this clearly looks like he's just painting his nails for fashion. It doesn't look like he's gay, but that's an understatement because how do you look gay? Right. (laughs) But so like I'm saying, he can deny it all he can deny whoever he wants to but the fact that he denied it because this guy has his nails painted is pretty ridiculous and it's just like you would never do that if it was prince the the singer you would never do that if it was elton john you would take the picture bro because those are people that's prominent in the either fashion, music, they're they're just prominent in that society. You would never do that to the brat, and she dresses in um, men clothes. So, so this is just a fashion statement. I feel I don't think that he's gay or um, gay or, or trans or queer or any of that stuff. He very well could be, but just for the sake of argument, so that. We don't because we don't know if he's trans or gay or even in the LBGT community. We don't know that just based off of this clip. You know, he did scream out, oh, that boy homophobic. But we don't even know if he's gay or not, you know. But like I said, the fact that he just turned it down because he has his nails painted. And we know that that's like a fashion statement in the fashion industry right now for guys. That would be like someone saying, oh, I don't want to take a picture with you because you got cargos on. And if we want to get deeply, deeply, deeply into fashion, 
all the designer clothes that Mayweather wears is designed by ding, 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 gay men, mostly gay men. So it's just like, you're going to turn down this boy for having fingernail polish, which is a fashion statement, but all of the fashion designer stuff that you wear are designed by gay men. Super crucial. And honestly, this is what the gay, the LBGTQ community be talking about when we be talking about cisgender male, males um, and treating us less than specifically gay men. Because I don't see this type of energy from women because women have things that are in common with gay males. You know, they like boys, um, girls like boys, gay men like boys. Girls like fashion, gay men like fashion. Girls like drama, gay men like drama. So they have a lot of similarities and commonalities that they can, you know, coincide with each other with. So I don't see this type of energy from cisgender females. It's always straight men that usually have this type of outlook and it's just really like crazy because it's just kind of seems like you're a, a, a boxer that is like literally a hundred and old. Like you've won a hundred thousand fights in your life. You've never been beaten. You actually retire before you could even be beat and you still care what people think of you. Like you literally can beat up anybody in the world, Floyd. And you won't take a picture with a guy with his nails painted because for some reason, and this is just my my thought process on it and my opinion about it, I feel like he care what people says. Because why wouldn't you take it? What what difference if he had on nail polish or not is that going to do to your career? People clearly know that you're not gay. People clearly know that this is a fan because he's not famous. So they know that this is a fan. So for what reason are you not going to take a picture with a guy with his nails painted that does nothing to your career that scratches your, your record none. And it's just like, Oh, okay, well I'm not going to, I don't take pictures with people with their nail painted boys. He said guys with their nails painted, you know? Um, I just don't understand that whole theory around why you would do that. And it's just really, honestly, it just seems like a weak mindset to have and fragile, male manhood because someone that is secure with their manhood don't care if you a nigga in a dress and you want to take a picture who cares I'm not gay I know that I'm not gay so this guy having on a dress and me not having on a dress don't got nothing to do with us taking a picture I'm taking a picture with him because I want to take a picture with him that would be like oh you're a crackhead because you know, you hang around crackhead. No, these niggas are crackheads and I'm just hanging around them because I know that I don't do crack and I'm probably friends with them or their fans or whatever. You know, I think that it's that kind of thing right there that you are who you hang out with. No, that's such a stupid mind process to have that you are who you hang around. So I have to hang around everyone that's like me, basically. And honestly, I'm starting to understand like the whole thing around toxic masculinity and I didn't used to think that it was a thing but I'm starting to really feel like it is a thing because how like like why is it that men have to hang around men that grunt and fart and hang and 
lift weights and eat junk food and meat, meat, meat all day. And that's what men are. But if a man says, well, I'm vegan, or if a man says, well, I like Pilates, or if a man says, um, well, I like to cook and I don't watch sports, then that's not a real man. And for you guys that's wondering, because y'all know that I'm a pretty like um, straight and narrow type of person. You know, I believe in what I believe in. And it's really hard to change my thought process until I actually see it. And I didn't believe in toxic masculinity, you know, mainly because I'm just like, okay, well, I don't hear people saying toxic, toxic femininity, if that's even a word. I don't even think that's a word, y'all. But I don't hear anybody yelling the opposite of what toxic masculinity is. But this does look like toxic masculinity based off of the definition, which the definition is a set of attitudes and way of behaving stereotypically associated with or expected of men regard, regarded as having negative impact on men and on society as a whole. Okay, so we know back in the day, if you used to be in school back in the 90s, early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, straight men did not hang out with gay guys because they were afraid that they would be portrayed as being gay themselves if they hung around them, even if that was a cool-ass nigga. Like, he did what guy things did. I mean, he, the gay guy would like video games and, you know, going to football games and all of that stuff. But the moment that you found out that he was gay as a boy, you stopped hanging around him. And that's what I think that this is. I think that... This is the peak of toxic masculinity right here. Being the stereotypical man that, oh, no, I don't do that, and men don't do that, so I can't hang around you. And actually, it says it right here off in this clip that, and I think this is their opinion, but I'm going to read it. This is um, Hip Hop News. Um opinion about it clearly Mayweather believed nail polish is still a woman thing despite the fact that more men are wearing nail polish than ever before so I think that that's their opinion about it but yeah now me me personally I do feel like men wearing nail polish is a little gay I mean whether it's for fashion or not I do feel like that's a little iffy but if it's not hurting me. It's not hurting kids. It's not hurting women, children, elderly. Do you, boo. If you still getting bitches because of it, do you. I'm not here to stop you. But the fact that he did that is just so crazy. I mean, you got people like um, just this past weekend, Darius McCray, um, McCary, uh, Eddie Eddie from Family Matters, y'all, because <laughs> I cannot say his last name for nothing. He just recently did a photo shoot with Sydney Starr. I didn't even know who um, she was in, until this even happened. But apparently, it say October the 18th is when it was reported. They did, they was reported as an item, but the gossip was quickly shut down. The Family Matters icon was previously said to have been dating Kevin's heart ex-wife and while fans believe that romance was still brewing new rumors claimed that McCrary had linked had linked with the trans reality television star Sydney shared photos and videos showing her and McCrary and in the caption she praised their friendship 
However, after social media turned them into a trending couple, McCary returned to deny that he is romantically involved with Star. So he wasn't like loud about it, like you know how Bootsy is. Like I ain't got no more fucking song with him. You know she, he he wasn't loud about it. He didn't seem offended about it. He just simply turned down the rumor of that they're dating because they're not dating. So that's the truth. He just said, "Hey, we're not dating. This is my friend. I've known her for a very long time, and it is what it is. I did a photo shoot with her. So what?" That's a man that is secure with his sexuality. That, yeah, it's a lot of crackheads in here, but guess what? I don't do crack. Hey, it's a lot of trans people off in here, but guess what? I'm friends with them, and I, I'm not trans. Hey, it's a lot of gay dudes off in here, and guess what? I'm not gay. I think that it's very weird when people intentionally go after the LBGT community for no reason at all just to say, that shit wrong or I'm not gay. Okay. Everybody knows that you're not gay. Why, why are you saying that? Are you trying to convince us? Or are you trying to convince yourself that you're not gay or trans or like trans people or like gay dudes? I don't know. Just kind of seems weird to me that he would go out of his way to intentionally not take a picture with someone that had fingernail polish on, especially when he was taking pictures down the hallway with other fans. So the whole spiel about his team trying to say, oh, well, he was really busy and, you know, he was just trying to hurry up and get out of the stadium before more fans bum-rushed him. No, because he took more pictures outside in the hallway. So he intentionally curved this dude because he didn't want to be portrayed as another person that supports LBGT or trans or gays or he don't want to be portrayed as that weird stuff. And I'm human and woman enough to say that is his choice because at the end of the day, we all have our choice to turn down whoever, but it just shows pretty much a lot about your character, Floyd. You, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like that toxic masculinity, honestly, for me comes in when you will allow your daughter to date a bum ass nigga, like, NBA young boy that literally like shits on you two or three years ago, calls you a bitch ass nigga in a live refers to your daughter as a bitch. And you don't get your daughter away from that guy. But this guy that comes in with fingernail polish on his fingers, is just like, Nope, can't have that. But the dude that called me a bitch ass nigga and called my daughter a bitch. Yeah. That's the guys that you go for. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of says a lot about your character, dude. Just saying. Um, but we talk about a lot of bad stuff on this show, mainly controversial stuff and, you know, things that hit the news and me and Heather is always going back and forth. But it is some actually, like, good things that's actually going on in the world. Um, dad's on patrol, dad's on patrol. I just heard about this story, like about maybe four days ago. That was after we had already filmed the episode, but it was an incident that was going on in Louisiana, um, dealing with 23 students that ended up getting arrested because there was just so many fights going on at that school. And 
yeah, they ended up basically showing up and patrolling the whole area. Here's a excerpt from Speed Reads, or The Week. That's what it's called. Sorry, you folks. Um, the Week. After multiple fights at Southwood High School in Streetport, Louisiana, resulted in the arrest of 23 students, a group of about 40 dads stepped up to put a stop to violence known as dads on duty. The men are on campus from the time students first arrive to when they go home for the day, taking shifts to ensure there are always several fathers at the school. The dads are there to lift spirits, tell jokes, dole out out advice, and just let the kids know there's someone looking out for them. Um... Dads on duty will have a permanent presence at Southwood High School, and the group would like to see other chapters from, form across the camp, country. Not every student has a father figure or male role model in their life, one dad said. So just to be there, just to be here makes a big difference. And I actually have a clip that I want to play him talking about how it all happened and everything because – I think that, honestly, this is great. I'm so proud of these guys. I just don't know because there's a lot of um, down talk on black fathers. I don't think it's so prominent in society today. You know, we always know the joke, oh, that's why your daddy ain't around. You know, that, that was a joke back in the 90s, you know, after the whole crack era and the welfare era when father black fathers got taken out of the home. And so a lot of kids did grow up without their fathers around because of those systems that was put in place. And I just find it very like influential that these group of dads in this community got together and decided, no, we, we going to fix this problem. We, the dads in this community is going to fix this problem. So here's the clip from dads on duty from the CBS evening news in school counseling no majors in criminal justice your qualifications are we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who for us so michael lafitte started dads on duty a group of about 40 southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts let's go today any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. (laughs) Not many people know it, but yes. (laughs) Let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. (laughs) They just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your suit is untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. And it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male, period in their life. So just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. 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 Have a good morning. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. 
without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman. Yeah, that that's so freaking beautiful, bro. Like to see that these dads care so much about their community to just step in. Did you like the insert that I read? Twenty three students in Louisiana got arrested for fighting. The cops wasn't up there. They yeah, they was up there to arrest them, but they wasn't up there to secure and make sure that the school was good after those twenty three fights happened. Twenty three fights is a lot of fights. I mean, when I was in school, fights would happen at the beginning of the year, from beef over the summer, um, winter break. I mean, the before winter break, because all the animosity from the fall to the winter has boiled up and you know that you're going to be, you know, out of school in a little bit, at least for a whole week for the winter break. And then at the end of the school year, because you already know that, well, I ain't going to be back here till three more months. So that's when the fights got in, but there was never 23 of them, maybe, maybe about 10 of them throughout the whole year, but never 23. And this happened all in one week of school. And the cops were not up there to protect these kids. Did you hear the one guy, the one kid that said he feels more safe? When have you ever heard that around for black men that I feel more safe when they're up here? I feel like I can go to school. Kids have been going to school. It's lighthearted up here now because these dads decided to step up. And I like the fact that they said, who better to patrol the schools than us? Because we're dads. Because we live in this community. And that's what I've been saying the whole time. A lot of people think that I'm conservative, I'm Republican, I'm, you know, this and that. And honestly, I don't even vote. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even vote. I'm not apolitical. I just, I'm, I'm slap dead in the middle and usually when you vote, then it's going to be a far right or a far left. So I just choose not to even do it at all because it's just not my thing. I'd rather do for self. And that's exactly what these guys are doing, doing for self. They seen a problem in their community. They figured out a plan and they executed it. They didn't wait around for police. They didn't go protest and say, we need to get more SRO officers up in this school because our baby's fighting as they go to work. They all take shifts. My favorite phrase, and I don't know who said it or who even originated it, but if everybody do a little, then no one has to do a lot. I feel like this is the perfect storm to the black community doing for self seeing a problem, making a plan, and executing it. I live here in Garland, Texas, and some of the streets, especially in East Garland, is pretty shoddy, you know. Um, a lot of potholes, a lot of uneven um, roads and everything there, and the community just started filling up the potholes. Why? Because the city's, it takes too long for the city to come and do it. I feel like this is a thing that needs to happen over America overall. We need to stop letting so much of the government come in to handle our problems because it's enough of us to handle them. 
I mean, it wasn't nothing but about, I think, in this photo that I'm looking at right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It ain't nothing but seven dads here. I'm pretty sure that there's a lot more because they're doing it in shifts. But in the photo, it ain't nothing but seven dads here. Even if it was just seven dads, that I feel like that would be enough because they're all trying to do something together. They're all trying to figure out this problem together. And like I said, if everybody does a little, no one has to do a lot. So that's what we need to start doing as a whole here in America is figuring out what the problem is and getting it done by ourselves. Stop waiting for government to swoop in and save your problem because the people at the bottom, the grassroots, which this now is a grassroots organization. More dads will get into it. I'm pretty sure they'll be at their PTA meetings and they'll be at functions and football games and all of that type of stuff now. And this will be a growing organization for Louisiana, which is a predominantly black and um, improvised neighborhoods there. A lot of them, you know. It's not much opportunity out there, but just their presence probably will make a difference there, I feel. But back to my point is that we need to stop waiting for government to come in, swoop in, and save us. Like, it, it, it is their job to do that, but a lot of the stuff we can do on our own. There's enough people in our community to fix the problems that we have. Okay, like I just said, in Garland, Road toe up. Okay, I know that it's at least one um con uh construction work on your street. Oh, the 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 metal on the the pole is leaned over. I know that it's one, at least one welder on your street or the next street over or in your neighborhood. Okay, you know the kids need tutoring. I know it's at least one teacher in your neighborhood. We need to start pulling together and pull these resources together so that we can start to not only help our kids, but slowly take them out of this oppressive system. And that's for everyone because things like critical race theory and real history not being taught and not teaching financial literacy and just basically preparing our kids to be employees and not employers is going to affect everyone, not just black people, everyone. Everybody, everybody's kids should be able to know how to do their taxes by the time they leave high school. But we don't. Because why? They teach your kid economics the last semester, the last year of their high school stay. So they basically taught your kid how to be an employer the whole time. Dr. Boyce Watkins um, put up a post recently this week um, of the comparisons of jail and school. He put the um, school bus and then he put the prison bus. The prison bus is painted white. The school bus is painted orange. He put the cafeteria plates. The cafeteria plates, they look similar. It's the same tray. It's just, you know, different food. And then if you hear a dog, that's my dog, folks. Sorry. Um, and then it's one last picture, but I can't remember what it is. But it's basically um, saying that school is no different from prison. And being a student is no different from being an employee. So it's just like 
We just need to slowly start integrating ourselves as people of the community into these schools, into the, not jobs, but definitely into the schools. I'm just keeping on school since we're talking about dads on duty. We need to start slowly integrating ourselves into the school system so that we can see real change. I mean, yeah, hit them at all points. Hit them at the political point. Hit them at the, you know, PTA meetings. Hit them at all points. But slowly but surely, we need to start taking our kids away from the system or changing the system. And the only way that we're going to do that is if we do like these dads on duty. Hey, the police ain't going to be up here. Okay, well, we're going to be up here. Okay, you ain't going to teach, um, you know, um, the right history. We're going to teach the right history. Okay, well, you're going to get this um, fat gym teacher to you know, watch my kid run as they eat chips and watch my kid run. Okay, no, we about to, you know, get up in here and make sure that our kids is exercising. Okay, you ain't going to feed them good, healthy food. Okay, guess what? There's so many restaurants in this community, we going to make sure that they eat good. We need to start doing that. And this is the first step. Dad on duties is the first step of integrating ourselves as a community into our school system to make sure that things are getting done right. And that's all that I really have to say about that. I I mean, I have more to say, but I just don't want to get deep, deep, deep into it, but I can get deep, deep, deep into it because things like critical race theory is being banned. Now I'm going to say this upfront is not, I've never ever said because a lot of people get on my ass about critical race theory I'm not going to say that I don't agree with critical race theory. I think that is a great thing to be taught if it's taught right and by the right people. I mean, critical race theory is a thing that is very sensitive because we want the dominant society or the um, primary society or whatever, white people, quote unquote white people, no air quotations, white people. We want them to listen. We want them to understand that the, um, system is systematically oppressed against people of color, black people predominantly, because I never see, you know, all these tragedies happen to, you know, Arabic people, Chinese people, white people, Mexican people. It happens, but it happens at a way higher rate with black people. So I never see these things cr- like happen crazily to those group of people. It's mainly black people. So it's like my whole thing against critical race theory is I want the right people teaching it. That is going to be sensitive to both parties. I don't want someone that is going to teach it that doesn't have skill because on one hand you get it to the point where they're mostly on the black kids side and they yeah um they demonize white people or you get them to the point where they're mostly on white kids side and they victimize black people so an example of that is um they're teaching about you know maybe the welfare system or maybe like about blacks um fighting in the army the gi bills and stuff and you could get a white teacher, and this is just an example. I don't think that a white person would do this. Well, honestly, I do. A racist white person, for sure. You could get a racist white person that's teaching critical race theory because we got to understand that these teachers don't 
create their own curriculum. They have a curriculum that's already made and it's meant to be taught that way. That's why there's intercoms off in the classroom so that they can listen in on your kid's classroom anytime that they want to. So you get a racist white teacher to say, yeah, you know, the whole GI Bill, white people got it and black people didn't. And yeah, that was um, wrong. But at the time, it wasn't in the law. Now, she just actually taught the right history. But look how she, you know, skewered black people off. And then you could get someone that is black, that is, you know, demonizing white people and say, um, well, you know, in the GI Bill, you know, white people didn't give us, um, you know, the, the benefits of that bill and they was wrong and all of those white people are benefiting today and their sons and their granddaughters and everybody is benefiting today and those people too are wrong. You, you see what I just did? You see where it went from fact to opinion real quick with both teachers so we need someone that is clearly skilled enough to be able to get to not demonize white people, white people, kids, because, yes, what their ancestor did was totally, totally wrong. But are they wrong today or are the kids like are the kids that it's from those ancestors wrong, you know, because if we want to be real about it, everybody ancestors then did something messed up. I mean, the slave trade wasn't just all white people. It was black people over there selling black people too. So if we would really want to just say that, then we can go way, way back and we can do it like that. So I'm just saying, I'm not capping for white people. They ancestors wronged in a mug. And honestly, some of the white people that we deal with today is wrong in the mug and still racism races and holds some of the same ideology that their racist ancestors held. But it's some that have progressed and they understand what is going on and they understand that black people are oppressed in this system. Do you demonize them too? You know, do you demonize the people that are trying to help you? You know, I, I, I just don't know. So that's why I'm saying we need teachers that are highly skilled and we need a curriculum to give these teachers that is not going to demonize white kids that are progressive and they understand that black people are systematically oppressed. And then we need, a, then we need teachers also that are not going to victimize our black children because Black children already have low self-esteem because of the way that we see our parents grow up, our grand grandparents grow up. Hell, even ourselves grow up. Even some of our brothers and sisters, we see that they ain't making it off in the system like they should. And we already victimized because if we see they not even making it, then you have very little hope for yourself. And then you go to school and you got to hear that, you know, you didn't get this, you, you didn't get this, and in the... If you go to court, you're going to jail, even if you didn't do it. Um, you're not going to get food stamps. You're not going to get welfare. Um, just all of this stuff. I don't think that black kids need to hear that. I think that they need to know that they're empowered in whatever situation it is that they're in. 
So I'm not against critical race theory. I just think, honestly, we should do, like I said, with dads on duty, insert ourselves into the school system and make sure that this is getting taught right. Make sure that these teachers are actually on their A game and no one's getting victimized, no one's getting demonized, but it's to the point where both parties is hearing each other out. Honestly, I think that critical race theory should be taught by kids. I think that kids should have a whole, not kumbaya moment, but more so like an open discussion. You should put the topic out there and have an open discussion about it. No books, no nothing. And then if someone says something that is um, not a fact, then that's when the teacher steps in. And then that's when they give it back to the kids. Because then it's kids teaching kids. No one's offended. It's not some authority figure that's standing at the top and saying, this is what it is and and is and it's and it is what it is because I'm the teacher and I've got the book and I make the money. No, it's kids teaching kids. We're all at the same level now. So yeah, I think that that's what that should be done and no, thanks, dads on duties in Louisiana. Y'all are doing a great job. And like I said, they plan to stay there and they plan to grow this organization. So um, we could take a page out of Louisiana book and start inserting ourselves in this system, start um, making changes that we need to in these schools on our own without government assistance because it's definitely enough of us to keep going forward. Oh, I did not mean to go that deep off into that, but I did. So it is what it is. Last subject, uh, I mean, last topic of the day. I, I didn't talk about school way too much. Y'all got me over there talking about subject, like we going to math class. But um, recently, and this happened, this was reported October the 20th, Um. It was an incident in Philadelphia on the train that this woman got raped. I know I'm a little late to the party, but like I said, hey, this was already filmed. I just lost the audio. So um, let's read this little excerpt. Police say riders didn't help woman raped on train. Does the bystander effect explain why? I don't understand the bystander effect, but whatever. For more than 20 minutes, a woman was harassed by a stranger on public transport transit train in Philadelphia and then raped while bystanders held up their cell phone seemingly to record the assault police said the attack happened last Wednesday night on the city transit system septic septa <laughs> whatever southeastern Pennsylvania transportation authorities that's what septa is I don't know if I said it right the incident led to calls from police urging the public to be our partners and to watch out for other riders after officials said passengers did not physically intervene or call 911. That shit is crazy, but I think I got like a little excerpt that I want y'all to hear, so hopefully y'all enjoy. After a woman was allegedly raped on a public train, and authorities say none of her fellow passengers did anything to help. 
Nobody said nothing. Nobody did anything. That's ridiculous. That's disgusting. That's awful. What's wrong with people? The alleged rape occurred last week on board an Upper Darby bound train. Police say surveillance video shows other riders in the train car during the attack who did nothing. It's disturbing that there were definitely people on the L and no one intervened or did anything to help this woman out. According to the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, it wasn't until a train employee saw what was happening and called police that help arrived. Officials say transit officers caught the man in the act and arrested him. This is why we had this male in custody. If they weren't present there, that male would have walked off and who knows we would have found him. 35-year-old Fiston Inouye is now in jail, charged with rape and assault. The alleged victim, who police say did not know the attacker, was treated at a nearby hospital and is doing okay, according to police. The transit authority saying the attack may not have gone on as long had a bystander taken action. Writing in a statement, there were other people on the train who witnessed this horrific act, and it may have been stopped sooner if a rider called 911. A spokesperson for the transit line urging anyone who witnesses an emergency on board to call 911 immediately. A reminder, many riders aren't taking lightly. We just need to know. Okay, that's enough because honestly, I don't want to hear nothing from nobody speaking because all of y'all sat there and didn't do nothing, honestly. That's so crazy that not, like, not only did y'all all sit there and not do nothing, but y'all literally pulled out y'all phone to record it. That's so crazy, so, so very crazy. I just don't even really know what to say about that because it's just like, have we really gotten to that society where getting views on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is more valuable than someone's distress like really like I couldn't imagine sitting there watching a woman get assaulted and the first thing that I think as a human being is the niggas ain't gonna believe this let me get my phone out and record it I can almost guarantee you that everybody that got their phone out and recorded posted it on social media and, of course, it probably got taken down, but they definitely posted it. But it's always been, not it's always been like that, but it, because it hasn't always been like that. It just recently kind of got like that. This generation is retarded. <laughs> this generation is crazy that we value that type of stuff. So you telling me it wasn't at least three men that could have, you know, decked them out. It wasn't three women that could have decked them out. And then the fact that they all held up their phone and didn't call 911 at least because um, I watched this TikToker named John Moss, LOL, and he's pretty funny. He does a lot of little, exp like, explaining about other vi other people videos and he gives his opinion on it. And I like him. I'm a fan of him. But he was trying to basically in so many words say, yeah, these are the times that I intervened in something and I either got beat up or I got the police called on me or I didn't reap the benefits of being rewarded because, you know, they just basically told me to mind my business. 
And I was so disgusted by him because I was just like, bro, first of all, it doesn't matter the outcome. You're just supposed to be being a good person. And then you're a man at that saying that about this video. He didn't, spe- he didn't say it specifically about this, this incident, but in so many words, he was trying to say the reason why nobody intervened was because it's so many times that people have intervened that they have gotten the butt of, they've gotten the, you know, but of the situation, they've gotten the bad part of the situation, the short end of the stick. But me, I don't care about getting the short end of the stick when I'm being a good person. There's four group of people that I'm not going to bend my morals on, and that's women, children, elderly, and animals. If I see you messing with any one of those group of people, I am going to step in. I don't care if you're bigger than me. I don't care if... You know, I possibly might get hurt. I'm going to step in. Now, that's just me. I don't suggest that women step in um, physically when it's a man unless you're ready to um, reap the um, consequences of the situation when you do step in physically. But the the fact that, like, nobody didn't even call the police, like, that's the bare minimum that you could have did is called the police, and nobody did. And it's been times where... You know, I'm driving my truck and I work overnight. So I'm driving my truck and I'll see an incident with a female and a male. And he's probably like roughing her up. I immediately stop my truck and I get out and from a distance I ask, are you okay? Or if I feel like he really is a threat, I'll stay in my truck and I'll call the police and I'll sit there until the police get there. It was actually one time that I was at Planet Fitness. I was just getting out the gym and he was... It was this guy kind of roughing this girl up, and I did stay in my car because he did look very violent. He wasn't hitting on her, but he was kind of jerking her up a little bit, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be in that. I'm on my way to work. But even though, like, he was violent, that was the safe way of getting involved because let's not get it twisted. We all got family to go home to at the end of the day, and we can't just be Superman to everybody, but it's like – with that many people on the train, you know how many people ride the train in the morning? So even if it was three really light girls, like 140, 140 pound girls that all jumped on that nigga and just started beating the shit out of him, that would have, that would have worked. I just don't understand where this world is coming to. And it's like, where's the real men at? Like, I feel like, and this is a this is a crazy this is a really big problem too because it's like women are always like you know I need a real man I need a real man but then scream out toxic masculinity and don't get on me because I know I just said that but I mean real you know I mean fake toxic masculinity like because he's like an alpha male and he's not gonna put up with your yelling and screaming and ghetto crap you know that's not toxic masculinity that's just masculinity him knowing who he is and what he's gonna put up with and what he's not gonna put up with but then when you get a guy like that you scream toxic masculinity and then when something like this happens you yo, where's the real man at and honestly I'm me as a gay woman is wondering where was the real man on that bus because I can almost guarantee you it was at least at least maybe four guys on that on that train that could have done something but they all pulled their phone out 
like what happened to what happened to honoring women and protecting women and providing for women what what happened to that generation of men because it just seemed like all the men has turned into for lack of better words female dogs <laughs> i'm trying not to curse so much on the show because they're throwing my videos down it down the algorithm and um yeah they're just not pulling them up and it's and someone said it's mainly because I curse so much in my video so you're gonna see me calming down a lot lot more with the curse words but yeah I think that this is just so crazy with things like I, I mean I wonder if they would have I'm sorry I just keep jumping around because I just keep trying to figure out like I wonder if it was a different scenario. If someone tried to pull her off the train, like if he tried to pull her off the train after he raped her or after he assaulted her, like would they have, if he tried to pull her off the train and take her, would someone have stepped in then? If he was hitting her, would somebody have stepped in? Like, why didn't anyone step in? And what is the bystander effect? That's something that I do want to get into because I think bystander effect is AKA bitch nigga shit. <laughs> Gary ass nigga shit. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Like, I'm not going to have bystander effect if somebody is like, what is that? But I looked it up. The bystander effect occurs when the present of other discourages an individual from intervening in an emergency situation against a bully or during a assault or other crimes, the greater the number of bystanders, the less likely it is for any one of them to provide help to a person in distress. People are more likely to take action in a crisis when there are few or no other witnesses present. I mean, honestly, okay, I have had bystander effect then. When someone was getting their butt beat at school by, like, you know, a bully or something, I didn't really step in. It wasn't like I was like, hey, you guys, stop fighting. Like, I, I definitely have had bystander effect, but I also was a 13-year-old girl that was, like, 110 pounds wet. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was getting bullied myself. So, yeah, but as a grown adult, how do you have bystander effect? What? Like, I, I swear, they just start be, they just be making up words nowadays. They don't even be, like, them shit don't even be in the dictionary no more. They just be making them up. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know that. I have nothing else to say about that situation. I think that everyone on that bus should be crying. I mean, charged with a crime. Everybody that took out their phone that day and filmed it should be charged because you didn't step in. Like, okay, if counterfeit money was thrown up in the air, this is how crazy the government is. If counterfeit money gets thrown up in the air and you take some and you don't report it, then you get charged with um spending counterfeit money. But if someone gets raped on a train and you film it and you don't do anything about it, then you don't get charged with nothing. That just goes to show like you're prop, you're just property that they don't care about. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I've kind of went off the handle last part of this episode, but um, I think that I'm 
through for the day. I'm filming this now. I'm probably definitely going to try to get it out to you guys tomorrow for sure. But um, like, share, subscribe, comment, follow me on An Hour with Crowder on Facebook and Instagram, An Hour with Crowder, and Crowder the Great on Twitter. Um, You know, go back, watch all the old films, watch all the old episodes. You know, I'm trying to get that camera in for you guys. I'm not playing. I'm probably bomb this weekend so that we can get this back up and running how it needs to be because... Honestly, I'm tired of looking at my ugly logo every time I go to go listen to an episode. So, you know, y'all stay safe out there. Women, please, please, please protect yourself. Go get a gun. Go get a gun so you can just start capping niggas. Because the world is getting so crazy out here to the point where, like, you can't even ride public transportation. You usually feel safe where there's a lot of people, but it's probably going to be a whole bunch of niggas on the train that's going to have a bystander effect on you. bystander effect sounds like a pill that you take when you want to get rid of like something it sounds like a disease bystander effect i don't know yeah i'm out of here if y'all heard that little puppy dog barking or the tv was too loud my mom watching tv and this puppy dog is in here so i'll see y'all next week bye